This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. On Money Talks, we discuss money news and take your questions about personal finance. For 15 years, we've provided free financial information for Mississippians. I hope you can join me, Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, co-host of Money Talks, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. or anytime on our podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101. It's the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. Kevin Farrell here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Today on the program, we'll get back to the basics of Home Ownership 101. If there were an emergency, could you locate your water shutoff valve? How about gas? Do you know how to kill the power to your entire home? If any of these questions give you pause, then we have some tips to help you with this critically important information. Also, throughout the hour, we're looking for your home improvement calls and emails. So join the conversation and tell us what's on your to-do list. You can send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. And a reminder that Fix It 101 re-airs Saturday mornings at 9. It's right before the Gestalt Gardener, which is at 10. So good morning. Hope that you're both doing well this morning. Yeah, I'm good. I have a trick question. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Already. So you got the new guy in the chair here, and you give right. me a trick question. I know. Question. I got right a trick bat. question. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Yeah. How does a 61-year-old lady move a front-loading washing machine? Um, call call somebody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Easy. So this is the situation. My house has you know it's it's old and it shifted and it always shifts in the same spot, the same spot on the back side of my washing machine. And so I got home from I was down on the coast this weekend. I got home and I put my clothes in and that washing machine was rocking and rolling. Man, <laughs> it was just it was something. So I wanted to get to the back. So I could, you know, screw those little, yeah, you know, yeah. I've got it on level stands. It right, yeah, I was right. going to level it up. Well, I couldn't get back there. So I was like, okay. My father always taught me leverages everything. So I went and got a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, if you take the shovel, the tip of the shovel, and you put it under a really heavy object and turn it just and then push down and turn or go to one side, it'll move. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got yeah. that son of a gun out of there. and It's not a bad idea. Yeah. Leverage, ladies. Always leverage. You got to figure out how to. And so I was able to move that. I didn't have to call anybody. I was able because I'm kind of stubborn. I like to do it myself. You know, Jeff's going to hire somebody. I'm going to figure out how to do it myself. <laughs> All right. So let me follow up with a question because my washing machine does the same thing when it's on the spin cycle. It begins to just, you know. It dances. So that's because it's not level? I yeah. mean, the, the feet or whatever? The feet. Are, if you'll take a little, um, you know, you can go, what are those little levels, Jeff? The little six-inch yeah, level? Yeah, a little bullet level. Uh, bullet. Is that what they call it? Uh, I believe. Okay. <laughs> so you put a bullet level on the top of it, and if it's, you know, higher or lower on one end, you get you a shovel. <laughs> you need a level and a shovel. <laughs> a level and a shovel to make your washing machine Level. Yeah, it works like a charm. Yeah. And so what will happen is when it starts raining again, it's going to. Uh, so what I'll gonna do. It's going to settle a little bit. It's going to. It's going to. No, it's going to. You know, it's going to swell. Oh, that's right. On that backside. Oh, true. It's the same spot. Yeah. It's always the same. So what I'll do is I'll get my shovel and I will put it under there. It's kind of like a. 
a crowbar, and I'm so gonna. Now, so now Pam keeps her shovel by the washing by machine. the washing machine, <laughs> depending on. Actually, I put it back in. You know, because when's it gonna rain, Jeff? You got any idea? Oh gosh, there. There's a rumor that we might get some Friday. You maybe get some wet, but then it's not enough to swell the dirt under my house. <laughs> I'm telling you, we. Uh, it, it's gotten so bad that that we're just not putting. Putting our yards unless we're going to irrigate them. Yeah, we're just we're holding off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the thing about the folks down in Florida that the homeowners association got on to them because their yard was brown, and they were like, "But that's wasting so much water." To, right. You know, they spend hundreds of dollars to keep the ga- the grass green. Mm-hmm. My my yard's brown. It's just brown. Well, see, I like the brown grass because that means it doesn't have to be mowed. That's brown. exactly true. Yeah. That, I thought about that the other day. We're gonna, I think we. I think we're going to have a lot of trees that will not make it. No, I think you're right. Well, I've already got some. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just leaving them there, and I feel so so. I just cry over them, but yeah. I'll dig them out, and when it cools off, it's supposed yeah. to cool off That's this right. weekend. It, it is. Yeah. Well, you're talking about the brown grass and the brown trees, just like Felder says on the Gestalt Gardener. Brown is a color too. (laughs) (laughs) This is Fix It 101. We've got an early caller on the line, so let's begin things by going to Cordova, Tennessee, and saying good morning to Cindy. Cindy, you're on the air with us, so go ahead. Okay, I have a first question is for Pam. Do you mind giving the recipe again for the um, concoction that you concrobium? Concrobium. Okay, I promise I will look that up. I've got it on my phone. I just have to um, I have to find where that is. And you can also search it. You can look for home rem- remedy concrobium online, and it should pull it up as well. And you can actually buy it at at the big box stores. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, over in the cleaning you, you supplies. Can, you can make it or, or, or you can buy it. Cindy. It's cheaper. I mean, it's a whole lot cheaper to make it, but I've actually got a bottle at the house. I keep it. Oh, and I have to say this. So I went up to Oxford a couple of weeks ago to do some inspections, and the guy, I walked into his bathroom, and he had a bottle of Concrovium and I almost. See, I was now like, you're the poster child oh, for Concrovium. I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, let me look that up for you, Cindy. What's your next question? All right, my next question is, have any of you had any experience with Claw Shield? It's a heavy adhesive plastic that you can put on door frames, windowsills, if your dogs claw them up. It wow. Works, right? I, I've never heard of it. I actually okay. I had a client that had put it up and had a real good experience with it. I'd never well, seen it before, because I, I remember... Um, saying something to them, it might have been my folks up in Oxford. You know, I can't remember where I was yesterday, much less two weeks ago. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm, I think that they were telling me that they had a pretty good experience with it because they had some cats, you know, that would right. climb it. Yeah, I used, it worked great. I put it on my back door because they uh, scratch on it wanting to come in. But I did it several years ago, and now it's very discolored and dirty and I'm trying to take it off, and it won't come off. Oh, golly. And I've, I've looked at the web uh, the website, can't find any information. So I didn't know if anybody – I wondered if you – I mean, it's literally coming off in tiny little pieces, and I've got a good bit of it on my door frame. Um, I wondered if I scored it, is there anything that y'all might suggest 
spraying on it that might loosen that adhesive? You might. Uh, you know, you could try paint thinner, possibly. I don't know uh-huh. what's what's. I'm looking it up right now to see I mean, it, to it see what it's made out of. Yeah, and I know that I'll have to repaint uh, when I, you know, get it off because I'm scratching it up. I'm so, using uh, a razor blade right now. Metal door or wooden door? It's a metal door, painted. Yeah, you, know, you might try sanding it. You know, uh, it's pretty a, thick. Oh, is it? Okay. Wonder yeah. if a hand sander with a rough grit would do it. Well, that's what I'm. Um, if it's a petroleum product, then you would think something like um, paint thinner or something along those lines. Some some okay. other you know light kind product would would get it off. All right, I'll try that. And um, this question's for you, Jeff. Next week, I'm having an electrician come in and put. Um, a vent fan in my bathroom near the shower. Yes, ma'am. Uh, with a heater. Good. Nice. So, uh, yeah, our bathroom is on the north um, east corner of the house, and it just never gets warm enough. And I don't want to plug in a heater all winter long again. Good. Right. So, in your in your experience, uh, it's a small bathroom. It's kind of a long, I would say, a galley type bathroom. It's only about. The floor space is only about maybe four to five feet wide, maybe eight to nine feet right. long. Right. Yeah, yeah. Your so, tub, yeah, your tub is going to be five feet. So, so, right. so, so yeah, yeah. So I'm, fi- I'm fifty square it, feet, roughly. Yeah, I'm hoping it's going to heat enough so I don't have to use a plug-in heater. In y'all's experience, they. They work that well, correct? They they do. Um, you know, just buy buy a good one. Um, I I like Panasonic. They they're proven. So yeah, and what just about, make sure that they're Newtone? yeah they're yeah as long as you get the upper end. Okay. Yeah, and um, okay, Concrobium. I found it. I need to just put this in the notes on my phone so I always have this thing. It says here, and you can listen back if you need to, Cindy, but if you want to write this down, it's one quart of hot water, one tablespoon of baking soda, which is the sodium bicarbonate, and that's just regular baking soda, Um, two tablespoons of washing soda. I didn't know that existed, but you can buy that at the big box stores or any hardware really? store. Small, these little hardware Ace would have it, and it's sodium carbonate. But two tablespoons of the washing soda, and then two tablespoons of your TSP, which is the trisodium phosphate, and um, that's that pink stuff that you'll get to to help clean. And you know. I wonder if that would work on that screen. <laughs> We're about it. I don't know, um, but. One one quart hot water, a tablespoon baking soda, tablespoon two tablespoons washing soda, and two tablespoons of the TSP. And I just put it into a sprayer and um, mix it up, and then use it. A, a you know that's how I use it whenever I'm spraying stuff and trying to clean it off. Okay. And do you do you recommend just on a daily basis keeping a spray bottle of white vinegar in the water? Fifty-fifty uh, to spray. You can. I mean, what are you trying to clean? Uh, my shower. Oh, my shower. okay. Trying, trying to keep mildew from, uh, 
you know, from, from growing in there. You know, I had this conversation with some folks the other day. If you will, um, is it a tile shower? Yes. Okay. What I would do is look at um, sealing the grout in there because what's happening is that the water is literally sitting, that uh, the tile is, the grout is porous. And so the water right. gets down in there and doesn't dry out good enough. So right. if you could, you know, and just follow the instructions, you can get any tile sealer at a hardware store, seal up the shower, and then um, I tell you until you get your, your, your fan in, um, this is, once again, my friends up in Oxford, this guy had a box fan in his shower, and he would literally just, you know, turn that on until it dried everything up. Once you get your fan in, your vent fan, uh, attic fan in, you you should be good, your ceiling fan, you should be good, because it'll dry, it'll pull all that moisture out of there. Um, but okay. se- sealing up the tile and then, you know, maybe putting, follow the instructions. You'll have to go online to look at this or pick you up a bottle of the concrobium. If you spray that once on the sides, it should help as well. But the problem is that every time you take a shower, you're going to wash it down the drain. Correct. So sealing, Correct. sealing the tile would probably be your best bet. And then, um, you know, once you get that fan in, you ought to be good to go. All right. Well, thanks a bunch. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks for calling from uh, Cordova. That's awesome. Uh, we've got a caller on the line, so let's uh, go to Kathleen, who calls in from Osaka, with uh, a tip for the the person we were talking to before the break. Kathleen, what do you have for us? Well, uh, good morning, guys, and welcome, Kevin. Thank we're you. glad to have um, It's a product called Dawn. <laughs> it's in the dollar stores, I know. I use it to take labels off of prescription bottle pills. And you know how those get stuck on and can't get them off? Uh, if you use that, just sponge it on and let it sit. I think it's in a yellow mm-hmm. container, and it's called Goo Gone. It's good for, like, <clears throat> kids that put bubble gum where they shouldn't and things like that. Any kind of thing you need to get on uh, a piece to the whatever surface, and it, it works. Uh, I don't know the chemical background or anything like that. I'm not technical. If it works, it works, and if it don't, I'll get it again. But uh, it should help, and you won't have to put much uh, energy uh, into it. Just sponge it on, let it sit, rinse it. If it doesn't come out, do it, spray it again. But um, it, it, it really does work. You know, something else that, and I just thought about this. I don't know if it would work in the application for our caller or not, but I use WD-40. Yeah, that's, you know, petroleum-based versus petroleum-based. Typically, we'll get rid of those two. The research I found on that product, it is um, um, surgical-grade tape. Okay. And the manufacturer says it pulls very easily back off. Yeah, it must but be something on the surface yeah, that is trying uh, is holding on. There, yeah, there's another product too, Kathleen. You 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 reminded me. It's called Goof Off. That that's a good product. It is also petroleum based. I think you can find those stuff. That stuff. I know where the adhesives are. In the big box stores, if you go yeah. over there, yeah, any any hardware should should uh, should have that product. Yeah, so yeah. 
Right. Hopefully, Cindy's listening. So. All right, Kathleen, appreciate the call. I've used the Gugon, and it does do well when, you know, if you have something taped to like a window or whatever and you pull off and there's that residue from the tape, it certainly cleans that stuff up very well. So we appreciate the suggestion, Kathleen. Let's us stay on the phone lines. Pam mentioned WD-40, and I think our next caller, John from Foley, wants to talk about that. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I was going to say, I keep uh, – I'm a truck driver, but I've, I've kept uh, – WD-40 by the gallon around the house in the garage. I keep a gallon of it in my truck. Uh, it's really good for because it's not caustic, so it doesn't damage anything. So I I remove road tire with it off the front of my truck, off the fenders. Uh, it gets rid of grease. Um, I've had tar on a pair of shoes before when I tarred a roof, and you spray it on. It liquefies the tar, and you wipe it right off with paper towel or cloth. It just it just turns to liquid and comes right off. But the same thing when it comes to my wife does all sorts of projects and she's always trying to remove the adhesive labels off of things. I'll have her put scores through the paper uh, of the label and then spray it with WD-40 and it gets under there and emulsifies the glue and it just comes right off. Just slides right off. Yeah. Hey John, I yeah. got a question for you. Do you know why it's called WD-40? I actually did know that. One of my daughters <laughs> sent me, it's, it's, like, it's like the 40th formula. I yeah. remember the military was trying to come up with a, uh, something more biological for, you know, that they could um, keep things lubed up with. And that was one It was of the, the 40th try. Yeah. So don't. Hey, use that as inspiration, folks. When you're doing these DIY projects, don't give up until 40. (laughs) That's right. Your 40th trip to the hardware store. (laughs) I keep it by the gallons. It's wonderful stuff. I think it's in it uh, uh, like water displacement 40. Yeah. Go ahead. Here's another thing that it works really well on. If you have mechanics out there that get greasy clothes. I'll lay out a pair of my pants because uh, I haul steel, so I get greasy. And I will, in a spray bottle, I'll spray it all over the jeans, everywhere where the oil and the grease has gotten on there, and I let it sit. And then um, a light drizzle of gone dishwashing liquid. I learned this when I hauled crude oil up in North Dakota. A light drizzle of... Um, uh, Dawn dishwashing liquid, throw it into the wash. Don't worry about it over sudsing because the oils uh, that you're breaking down, it keeps the uh, WD or it keeps the Dawn dishwashing liquid from sudsing up. So does the WD-40. But that mix is amazing. It will move just about any grease or oil stain from your clothing. Well, That's okay, so... Stuff. I got a question about that because my favorite sleep shirt <laughs> is is one that my my father brought me from Vegas and it's got the two white tigers on the front of it. And years ago, I get up and I anyway, I got a wild hair and I started using the spray foam and I got it all over oh, that yeah. shirt. I want would it take yep. that out? It will not take that out, but what will remove that is um now, I don't know if it's been sitting too long, but what does work good, gasoline will actually remove that foam before it sets up. Uh, but the other thing is uh, nail polish remover. Uh, they're really good stuff, and it actually does a really pretty good job of removing that. Will it work uh, after 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
no. I, I, I've relied on my grandmother. She was the one that taught me about WD-40, but I had a really bad cut one time, got blood all over a really nice pair of pants, and uh, that's when I learned about uh, hydrogen peroxide. I got it in a spray bottle. I'll spray that on anything where, I, like I said, I all steal, so I get cut all the time. And if I get blood anywhere, I just spray it on there, even five, six, seven days afterwards, and it just liquefies. It just liquefies. It disappears. Oh, that's awesome! Hydro- hydrogen peroxide. Oh, it does a wonderful job, and it removes a lot of things. But yeah, my grandmother was all full of tips and tricks, and I always paid attention. All right. Yeah, she sounds like an awesome lady. Hey, John, we appreciate your calling in. Good call on Fix It One Hundred and One on MPB Think Radio. I know where my water shutoff valve is, and I know where how to kill the power to the entire house. But the one I don't know about, which is probably the more serious one of all, is where my gas shutoff valve is. So um, let's talk about where the homeowner can find the gas shutoff valve on, in, on their house. Well, it's going to be on the gas meter. Yes. Um, and it's going to be, there's usually a valve. I have a YouTube on that. You can go on my YouTube channel and watch. What I don't know, and I'm going to look today, I've got to go do new construction, is they're putting those new swanky meters on now. Does that affect the shutoff, Jeff? You know, I'm not sure the gas company wants the homeowner touching that meter. To be quite honest, um, yeah, but you know I am. <laughs> we need to do some research. Um, yeah, I've heard you talk about that before. But we, do you know, our Ashley, the American Society of Home Inspectors requires us to let to tell the consumer where the shutoff is. Really? So yeah, we have to show them. So I take a picture of it, and then I link to my YouTube channel because of an, in case of an emergency. You know, if you need to shut it off, which I know, um, maybe Robert's listening and he will call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, yeah. The, okay, the original question: Where is the shutoff? Where valve? is it? It's I'm gonna on tell the you meter. Where it is? It's on the meter. Um, there's two of them actually. You have one coming out of the line that is coming out of the ground. There's a shutoff there. Then it goes through the regulator, and right before it goes into your house, there is another shutoff. So there's two of them. Uh, takes a crescent wrench. They're very simple. Um, I am not telling people to mess with this. Understand that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you you want to be very, you know, water, very careful. Wa- water is one thing, and in most new construction, um, in fact, it may be code Pam, I'm not sure, but most new construction is going to have a water shut off uh, right where the right where your water line comes into the house. Yeah, no, it's not. Water. It just has to be accessible. Okay. So having indoor water shutoffs is really a feature of northern homes because the ground will be frozen. Mm-hmm. And here in the south, it's kind of a new thing. I like it a lot. I put it in every one. Yeah. I put it in every one of my. Where do you put yours? In a closet? Uh, well, or? yeah, I put them in the, the uh, closest closet to the uh, line coming in the house. Yeah, so it's like a little panel door that you open That's up it. and right. you can take. And your valve, folks, if your your shutoff is, how do you say this? If it's in line with the line, it's on. That's right. If it's perpendicular, it's if off. you can push it down, yep. it's off. It's Same off. thing on your gas. If it's, you know, you'll you'll look at it. Um, yeah, I had a I had a situation. 
in my house. And this was, I mean, it's been a minute. It's been about, I don't know, 11, 12, 13 years ago. But I woke up one morning, my whole house smelled like gas. And that's very, very dangerous. I mean, I got up and I just didn't move. because <laughs> I was like any static or anything. So I opened up all the windows and doors, which I would recommend. If you wake up and you've got a gas smell in your house, open up all the windows and doors so that it'll air out. And then if you want to, you can go to the gate, call the gas company first. Um, or, you know, and I'm just going to put it out there. If it's a gas leak, you can also call a plumber. And if they can get there first, they can fix the gas leak. Because if the gas company comes over and you've got a gas smell in your house, they're going to yank the meter. And you have to then get the plumber to come over and do fix it and do a pressure test. And then they'll come back when they get a chance and put that meter back in. So I was at, I, at my what happened with me, I was, it scared me so bad that I called the gas company. And sure enough, I had a pretty catastrophic gas leak underneath the house. So they yanked my meter so I didn't have a hot shower for a week. I was um, I was rather chilly. Hmm. Thank goodness it was in the in the summertime. But that's where it is. All right. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. It's the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. Kevin Farrell here with Pam Pibus, Ashy Certified Inspector at It's an Expect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Got a couple of calls to get to, so let's start again in Olive Branch, and Steve is on the line. Good morning, Steve. What do you have for us? Good morning. we got 80% chance of rain tomorrow. So. Oh, whoop, whoop. Nice. nice. At least North Mississippi's getting some rain. Something. Well, hopefully. So anyway, on the, uh, those chemicals that get that residue off, so the WD-40, the stuff that takes it off is called trichloroethylene, and you can, if you, they used to sell that at the big box store. Um, it doesn't have the oils, so it's a little easier. You just need to be well-ventilated and wear gloves. And then the fingernail polish remover is acetone, and I know they sell that at the big box stores. I would use ventilation and gloves on that. That goof-off has always worked for me, though, so that was it. Awesome. I like the goof off. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the chemical stuff, probably that would be better if you've got a big job. You know, if it's if there's a lot going on. But the ventilating, let me tell you how important that is. You, if you're going to start using stuff in your house, these chemicals, you know, I have to be careful every time I take the top off the chlorine for my pool, my tabs. I have to take the top off and take three steps back. Because it will, it'll rush oh, up. Oh, and on the get chlorine. You, on oh, the chlorine. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it, it'll yeah. take your breath. It'll take your breath away, absolutely. and it'll stay. It, it hurts when it goes yeah. down in your. It's dangerous. So be very, very careful when you're handling these chemicals. Uh, good call, Steve. Thanks for joining our conversation this morning. I uh, years ago uh, had uh, some laminate flooring put in, but I, I to help save cost, I took the old rug out, and it was all that adhesive and stuff so i got a, some sort of product that i kind of mopped on there with a a, a paintbrush uh, but it was the same thing i had all the windows open and all the ceiling fans going because it was definitely necessary that's for sure well and something you got to think about with that too talking about gas if you put a chemical in a closed uh, situation that is flammable and most of these are and you've got you're doing and I had a buddy this happened when I think I've told this story before I was up over in Georgia and he had a 75 gallon uh, water heater brand new uh, gas water heater and a guy was staining downstairs and it was colder it was like in November December so he had all the windows shut and it 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 thank goodness that was one of those water heaters that it had the vapor resistor 
on it, so it shut it off. But if you don't have one of those, and you, it's let's say in these older homes, you've got these gas water heaters that are in a closet or something, and you start using those chemicals and you haven't vented it at all, you're going to have a big boom. It's not going to be a good day. <laughs> it's going to be a really bad day. <laughs> so be very careful when you're working with chemicals on the inside. That's funny you say that, Pam, because oftentimes on the news, they will show, you know, just, I guess, on random some house in Arizona exploded or, you know, some house in Georgia exploded. And I'm always wondering, like, what was going on? Because it's just random. Random. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it but can the be house will blow, blow up. <laughs> well, you know, there was one close to our neck of the woods, um, just north. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Just... Um, West of Carthage, a few years back, blew the whole house up. It was natural. I mean, it was, it was not na- natural gas. Natural it, gas. It was, no, it was propane. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Had some type of a leak mm-hmm. that hit a pilot light or hit something. Even yeah. in the in the winter time, if and this is what scared me at my house. If it, you know, when you can smell it, they put that additive in there that makes it smell like rotten eggs. That's right. And so if you smell that and it's in a closed area, there was a home inspector years ago that walked in, unbeknownst to her, it killed her. But she walked into a house that was full of gas vapor and there was static in her shirt. Oh, gosh. It blew the house up and blew her up. So, yeah, you got to be so careful with that. Let, let me read what the what the uh, safety uh, procedures are for this. Uh, for your safety, do not turn off your natural gas uh, at the meter unless you see, hear, or smell the signs of a gas leak, and only if it is safe to do so. So... If 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 you're not if it's not safe, they're they're recommending leave immediately without turning on any lights, um, because yeah, that, don't turn that, on a light that that could create a spark, and it it also goes on to say, if if you do turn it off, do not turn it back on. Um, call a one eight hundred number, and they will. They will walk you, or not walk you through it, but um, they're going to come yank your meter. They're going to they're going to uh, <laughs> handle it the from there. They're so. they going to pull the meter off. If you've got a plumber, if you can get it off, and you can call a plumber, let them you know kind of let them. But I'll tell you something funny. Years ago, we had some issues around here with the dump that was blowing air towards residential areas and it smelled like gas oh gosh and so it was funny the gas company was like <laughs> running all over the place. you remember that john was shaking his head he remember yeah i did that i stepped out on my front porch one morning i was like oh, it's happening again i had ptsd over the whole thing and so i called the gas company and like ma'am it's the dump <laughs> okay and i'm not near it it was just for whatever reason this is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. Got some more callers to get to. We'll go to Poplarville next. I guess Jim has called in today. Good morning, Jim. You're on the air, so go ahead. Good morning. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I've got a uh, problem uh, with subsidence, I guess. Uh, a corner of my house is, is moved relative to the rest of the house. I believe that the dry weather has caused the water table to drop and the shales, I mean the clays underneath it, which is the dominant soil type, have have dewatered and caused part of the house to settle. And it first noticed it with a, a door that was hard to open, 
and a crack between the ceiling and the wall where the tape had pulled off. And uh, it's exaggerated since then with cracks around windows. So I wonder what I can or should do to, to uh, stop it or, or fix it. Wait. <laughs> do you know you could always put a soaker hose? Yeah. I see people doing that. You know, during these droughts, Jim, it's just going to happen. You know, I've, I've lived in my house. I've, I know the cycles. I've lived in my house 30 years. So during certain times, it's it's just, you know, I would wait. And, you know, people will panic because they want an instant fix. But if you can pause and give it a little time, it may come right back up. Now, once we get out of this drought and it doesn't fix itself, then you call somebody. I'm not, what do you think, yeah, Jim? I, well, uh, you think a soaker hose would work? It might, but I just don't know that it's going to give you the volume yeah. that you're going to need to to act. Because I tried. Well, I tried that. Okay. <laughs> it's just you it know. Just, fortunately, like every and I've lived in Mississippi ninety percent of my lifetime, and we've just never had foundation issues. So uh, we've been very fortunate. Yeah. It just it it probably because as a contractor you've made sure that all your you know but these older houses that's true you know I mean I'm my house is built in a bowl (laughs) I I say it all the time drainage around your house is key it is yeah but you get in a situation where you really can't you know I I I put a moat in the bowl to try to keep the water away yeah but I'm still. You know, I, I'm kind of at the mercy of my neighbors. I would wait, Jim. I guess the, the the thing here, I'd give it about six months and take you some photographs of kind of what it's doing right now. And then in six months, if it's not changed after we start getting some rain again, then call somebody. But I, I'd give it a little time. All right. Uh, I guess the thing I'm doing, I'm doing right now is uh, using a. Uh, watering system uh, on the up dip, up dip part of the house so it runs underneath it and I think it's improved the the, uh, the door movement so I can get it open. It probably has, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, 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 I don't have a problem with that. Alright, uh, Jim, thanks for your call. Let's uh, stay on the phone lines next. We're going to go to Meridian. Becky has called in today. Go ahead, Becky. You're on the air. Hi. Um, I've called y'all about this before, uh, not this exact thing, but um, we're we're renovating a, a lake house that's very uh, basic, concrete block, concrete slab, no central heat and air, no venting. <laughs> um, it's just got window units right now. Um, so I'm asking about that there's about a fourth of the house has attic space with old insulation in it and either little to no venting and then the majority of the house has uh, currently has exposed beams no insulation so vaulted ceilings with no insulation and no venting we're going to put in central heat and air um and probably do splits or mini splits in the um in one part of the house uh what what do you recommend as far as the way to insulate the the majority of the house that has these uh, vaulted ceilings with no existing insulation or mm. venting? Mm. Right right now we've got 
exposed beams, we right. could insulate between them and then cover that with like beadboard or something or right. What? Um, boy, it's always a tough one because if you're going to insulate it, it it has to be vented. So, and that's always a challenge in a vault. Is there enough room? And typically how we do that, when we insulate, we put baffles in. And and all that baffle does is gives an area, although we have insulated it, it's a styrofoam baffle, and it's kind of... Um, it's pink. Yeah, and it, it's kind of built to where it's got like... Um, a concave or a convex curve to it that will hold the insulation next to the to the um, exterior uh, decking, but yet underneath gives us gives it enough room to vent. So that that that's one that's one option, and I'm, that's probably what you're going to have to do. And then talk to your heat and air people. There is a fan that they can install that will bring fresh air into the house that will also act as a venting option. So I think I think you're going to have to do a little bit more research and and really I think your number one contractor here is going to be your heat and air people. Well can I ask you some questions? Is sure. is this so your exposed beam? So when you're looking up into your vault, is that the decking for the roof that you're looking at? Probably because this house has yeah, never had. She, you know, she's full seeing rafters, so so yeah. you've got one by or like a one by six or one by two by two by. Yeah. Well, the, that old decking though, you know those slats. Oh, okay, you're talking decking. Yeah, yes. I'm talking oh, about. Oh no, I'm not looking at slats in between the beams. No. Oh, okay. So when you look up at the vault, what's what do you see on the vault? Well, you you see the beams, and then some kind of solid material between them. It's not, uh, okay. you know, like sheetrock or something, maybe. Yeah, probably. I guess. Okay. But no, it's Fifty years old. I bet. Old. It, I bet it's decking. I bet it's lumber. Yeah, might well, be. Well, yeah. and that's your problem. Is that? And where are you? You're in Meridian. Uh, Meridian. Yeah, that's the man because it's almost like you've you've built an oven. <laughs> well, I, I I still think the heat and air contractor is going to play a, a very big role in this, Becky. Yeah, yeah, because there are a couple of things. I mean, something else you could look at, and I'm actually I was talking to my friends down in Biloxi about this on these older older properties. If you have access to the decking, the underside of the decking, which is what you put your shingles on, there are some. Um, you could come in with a spray foam if you wanted to. What do you call that stuff, uh, the way you apply it, Jeff, where it's not the full coat, it's just a... Oh, flashing. Like a flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do a one-inch one one flashing you could do spray a, foam. Or you could do a one-inch flash spray foam and then cover it with... Um, what did you say? Uh, tongue you, and groove. You, you could do, you could do your beadboard, board, but, but you, still, you still have to vent it. So, well, you may not. If it's from, do you have to vent it? Um, I've got to vent that roof at some point. Absolutely. Even if it's foam, sure. I didn't think you had to. Well, okay. Now, now, now you're going to seal the entire envelope. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now we're back to Doug Ryan. We'll, 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 
will seal the entire envelope, but you're going to have to pump fresh air into the house. Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah. But if it's old like that, you're probably getting fresh air around the windows anyway. So. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, well, we're going to replace all of the windows and, and um, you know, I mean, we've got a lot of work to do. This yeah. Is very yeah. It, yeah. And, and it, yeah, it sounds like it. Either you're going to have to build a false ceiling and put uh, insulation on the top of the ceiling, or you can investigate some of the spray foam and put that one-inch barrier. That's Both of those are good options. And just seal. But if you do that, you can't do pieces, parts. you got to do all of one or all the other. True. Because if, if you don't, on foam, what people don't understand is that if you block in the house and don't foam everywhere, you're letting moisture in, and you're going to have all kinds of problems at that point. So, but that that would be an option. There are some uh, studies. I was actually looking at this for my for my folks down in Biloxi the other day. I was researching this very option. So there's some real interesting videos out there on foaming old construction, and okay. it is possible. But you've got to know what you're doing whenever you do that. Though you got to use the right kind of foam. You got to foam everything. It's it's very interesting. Um, because the. <laughs> I don't, you know, is does do you do like a ridge vent with this, or is that not the not case with the foam, not with the foam? Okay. But you could do a ridge vent if you did a drop ceiling with the insulation right. on top of the ceiling. So okay, so that's an option. And then the other the the subcontractor guy was saying, or if we don't do if we don't go with that option. Then we would have to do some venting under outside under the soffits to bring in fresh air. Yeah, a complete system is soffit and ridge. You can't do one. You can't just do one. It's got to have. If if you're going to vent it, there has to be an inlet and and an exit. Just think think of how you breathe. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's how your house will have to breathe. If you do the foam, then you're going to encapsulate the entire envelope. So the same temperature is everywhere throughout throughout that home, but you're going to have to pump in fresh air. Yeah, you're going to have a, a so, way to, to get that. And, in. and your and your heat and air contractors are very good at that. So okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Good luck with it, Becky. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Becky. We appreciate your call. Let's uh, stay on the phone lines here. Maybe work in a couple more before the end of the show. So we'll go to Starkville. Anthony has a question for us. Go ahead, Anthony. Yes, how you doing? Good. Uh, I had a question on the um, on installation. Uh, the, the kind you blow in. Do y'all? Do you ever have any trouble with that stuff just being too heavy? Oh yeah, it happened in my house. Really? <laughs> I've never, well, I've never, well, I've never I, issued that. But. It was the, um, it was an old house, right? It, it wasn't just, the, it wasn't fiberglass. It was the Doug Rye stuff. It was, um, the, um, uh, what's it called? Cellulose. Cellulose. It yep. was cellulose. And what they do is when they blow that stuff in, it's wet newspaper basically. It, it, that's right. And because there was some repair work, <laughs> if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in my house. And my ceiling fell in because it was too heavy. Well, I, I, I didn't I, do the well, repair work. I, yeah, you weren't you weren't involved in that one. <laughs> well, I had that problem. Uh, uh, you know, drafty and maybe getting moisture. Uh, really, I want to just replace it. Well, what's the next thing besides that? Because this is a house built in like uh, '79. 
Okay. I like to get that stuff out and just so so. Okay, so you're gonna suck. You're gonna suck the old insulation out, if I'm understanding correctly, right? That's right. Okay, and then you're gonna blow new fiberglass insulation. I would like to go with something else besides the blowing. You well, can roll some bath. Yeah, out. you could do bath, but there's nothing wrong with blown ceilings at all. I just. Just to me, maybe it's just me. I always figure this stuff is too heavy. No, not the fiberglass. No, sir. No, sir. The 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 blown fiberglass is perfectly fine it's for the not, attic. It is not heavy. It's it's cost effective. It's easy to do. Um, I would do that long before I did bat. Yeah, I mean, but you could. I mean, you and can it's, roll. It's very efficient. But the cellulose, no. you have to hire somebody. They really need to. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do cellulose. And now, if, if I'm gonna do cellulose, I'll, I'll do it in my walls. Uh, I'm not gonna do it in the ceiling. Well, and I I went in because I went to a Doug Ross seminar. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and what I did is is I went around because a lot of what the problem is is that it's not necessarily your insulation it's your air infiltration that's right and a house that was built in the 70s is probably wide open to the attic you've probably got that's some right. recess lights that are wide open you got uh, electrical He's lines got, there, there's 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 inch and a half, two inch holes drilled in the drilled top through plate. There, so all of that needs yeah, to be sealed. Yeah, yeah. If you seal yeah. that up and come back with the blown fiberglass, you'll be yeah. golden. No, nope, that's right. Okay. It, well, it, it is. When you say it when is, you say that, you're talking about the kind that you roll out. Yeah, you know just to right. roll out. Yeah, when you talk about messy man. That oh, stuff that's, is. Yeah. It's hard to deal with. Then you got to cut it, and it's just. It is estimated that the holes in your top plate, if unsealed, is like having a window open in your house twenty four seven. Yeah, and these older houses were not built to be sealed up. They just weren't. That's right. That's right. It is not sealed. Yeah, but if you do that and just blow the stuff in, man, you'd be a good way to for our other listeners out there. A good way to check if your top plate is sealed or not. Take a candle, put it in front of your receptacle, your plug where you plug your lamp in, put a candle there, and see if it if the flame moves. If so, you are drawing air through that top plate coming out of the receptacle. Yeah. And you know what I do? This is an easy thing. I use uh, baby plugs on all my outside outlets. Well... And so I've you got everything plugged up in there because I couldn't get to the top plates on the outside. I okay. got I got to everything you got on, to the them on the inside, but but not the outside. Yeah, not the outside okay. because of the pitch of the roof. Yeah, but yeah, I got, I went and got and somebody told me my buddy down on the coast the other day, Tommy, told me that now in the big box stores you can buy this the big five gallon bucket of this spray foam with a gun. Oh boy. I mean, whoo! Bad idea. And my well, earlier, I, and my earlier years, man, I'd have idea. one of those. I'd have so let much fun with that. So if uh, I, I can see, you know, sometimes I go, my sheetrock is kind of wavy a little bit. Does that mean I'm getting moisture some kind of way? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Anthony, we're going to have to leave it there. We have run out of time. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. 
generously funded by listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. So for Pam Pibus and Jeff Sammons, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech. We'll be back next Wednesday at 9 for another Fix It 101. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.